How many of you guys have seen the show Stranger Things? So, you guys like it? It's Love it? <laughs> it's not the best, but it's not the worst. I'll tell you what. It's it's really interesting to me cuz like how many how many of you guys like superheroes? Okay, a superhero. <laughs> okay, on the on the count of 3, shout out your favorite superhero. 1 2 3. Who said Jesus in church? <laughs> I'm just playing. Alright, mine is Batman. Because he is a multimillionaire. What does he call himself? Multimillionaire playboy. Oh no, that's Iron, that's Iron Man. No? Was it Batman? Okay. Okay. I got you. But see, yeah, it is true. But why, why do we like superheroes so much? Because we wish we were them, right? We wish that we had, like, some kind of superpower to, like, you know. So the whole story behind the ego is actually that one of the main characters, his favorite food is the ego waffles. And he goes all the time to the store to try to get them. She. I said they. Them. Them. He. No. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so those stories that we love about the superheroes, they do more than entertain us. They actually feed something on the inside of us, right? We long for this stuff, right? We long for significance. We long for, you know, going out and like saving the day, right? Maybe some of us want to stay back in the back corner, but that's okay. Um, I was like that, trust me. But uh, ordinary heroes, they allow us to imagine ourselves walking in their shoes in much the same way that Jesus' disciples were just ordinary people, right? But Jesus brought them into the story, and we'll talk about that tonight. So, uh, everybody turn in your Bible to John 14. John 14, 12. When you're there, say, I'm there. I'm not there yet either. Don't worry about it. Okay. It's highlighted. Hey, Zach, put up the uh, Stranger Things. There you go. John 14, 12. Let's say it together. You will do even greater and stranger things than these. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, I'll just read it from my Bible. It says, I tell you the truth. So anytime that Jesus says, I tell you the truth, our ears should perk up. Because if it's truth coming from the Son of God, uh, it's truth, right? Yes. It's okay to nod your head and, and talk to me. It's okay. 
I swear, I won't bite. Alright, so, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. So here Jesus is talking about doing greater things. What, what did Jesus do? Somebody shout him out. He raised people from the dead. Specifically Lazarus. And more than that. What else did he do? Blind man. Healed the blind man. He healed the blind man? Somebody other than Zach. Huh? Uh, that was in the Old Testament. He did do it. Just not in bodily form. What? He fed the 5,000, right? Actually, it was more like 15 because they didn't count men or women and children back then. So, he put a guy's ear back on. What happened? He hacked it off and he was like, What the heck are you doing, Peter? And he put it back on. <laughs> to a guy that didn't even believe in Jesus. Let that mess with your theology. Uh, yeah, he cast out so many demons, it's not even funny, right? Like, everywhere that Jesus went, stuff happened. And he says this to his disciples. Now, is that just to the twelve? No. No. Are you a disciple? Yes. Are you a Christian? A mini-Christ? That's what it means. Little Christ. Little Christ follower. So, this applies to us. But, Ryan, I'm 14. I can't do that stuff. And this whole entire series, we're going to be talking about moving in the power of Holy Spirit. Because, yeah, you're right. You can't do it. You have no power in yourself. Sorry. But, God has made you to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And can He do it? You better believe it. Okay? So, this isn't even in my notes. Help me, Jesus. All right. So, in the same way, you've been chosen by God and called into his kingdom to do the things that Jesus did. Jesus told his disciples all that was required was that they believed that God could and would use them. So it's time that we raise our expectations, expectations for what God wants us to do in our lives so that we, too, can become ordinary heroes who do extraordinary things. So, what I want you to see here, first of all, is that we're called to do something more. You know, I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of the time as teenagers, you know, we try to fit in in certain, certain circles. And, um, you know, if we get rejected, then it's like the end of the world. Right? Am I talking to anybody? That was me. I didn't really fit in. I was a jock, loved music, uh, hated the jocks. Um, not hated them, but I just didn't hang out with them. <laughs> I was more nerdy, but I loved sports, and I was really good at them. So, you know, I don't know where that fit me in, in school. But, you know, we all kind of try to find our own little niche. But can I tell you, as children of God, you fit into the kingdom of God. 
So if there's no way that you fit, you fit in Him. Because He has given you the authority, the right, to be His child, right? We talked about this last series, being born of God, right? So we have access to be children of God. And I'll tell you a little spoiler alert. We are not fit for here. So no matter how many times you try to fit in here, you won't if you are a child of God. People will hate you because of Him, because they hate Him. Right? It says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. So we can fit into Him more than we ever can this world. Now, if you're trying to fit in the world and fit in Him, it's just not going to help. It's not going to work. He wants all of you. (laughs) So, but I want you to see that God, all throughout the Bible, and we're getting back into our text, all throughout the Bible, He uses teenagers. The disciples actually were anywhere from, I think it was like 15 to 30. So not very old. Some of the disciples were teenagers. Right? Crazy. Like Jesus was 30, and they would have to be a couple years younger for him to actually call them to be disciples. David was a teenager when he got anointed. Watching sheep. Bad. He was out in the field watching sheep all day long. He struck a bear and struck a lion. Killed them both. He was a teenager. Could you do that as a teenager right now? I couldn't do that as a 36-year-old. <laughs> right? I'd rather be like Samson and have the strength of 10,000 men take a jawbone and kill all my enemies. Right? I'm not saying I have enemies. I'm just saying it's kind of cool. <laughs> Takes a donkey bone and just annihilates everybody. Um, or he rips a lion in half. Um, anyway, but all throughout the Bible, he uses teenagers. Mary was even a teenager when she gave birth to Jesus. Like, I'd probably think around like 16, 17, right? So, like, these people aren't very far off from us. And yet we think that we can't follow God. You know, we can't know God now. Or we're too busy going after other things than to follow Jesus. But yet, these teenagers are examples for us that we can and God will use you. So stop putting the word can't around you. You guys alright tonight? Yeah. Okay. So how this fits in. In Stranger Things, a bunch of ordinary kids are drawn into a cosmic struggle of light and darkness, good and evil. None of them is especially strong or smart or prepared for the battle. They are the battle they're entering. And yet, out of the basement, they are called to do battle with the forces of darkness. They meet this young girl and they call her Eleven. 
And this young girl has crazy power and begins to show them stuff. Uh, she brings them into a realm called the Upside Down, where it's like all around us, there's like demons and monsters and all kinds of stuff that they fight, right? Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Kind of makes me think that they stole it from somewhere. Yeah, just a, just a tad. So number one, Jesus can use you even when you're young, okay? I know I didn't say it like that, but that's the first point. Jesus can use you when you're young. All these teenagers did it. Why can't we? Now I want to talk about the disciples here. So Jesus, he spends how many years with the disciples? He was 33 when he died. So I'm guessing around three. Good job, Tony. Um, so Jesus, could you imagine Jesus in the flesh right here, right now? Saying, hey, Bailey, follow me. Toby, come follow me. He didn't give any parameters. He just said, come follow me. Would you? There's no guarantee of place to sleep, no guarantee of place of food or uh, a plate of food. There's no guarantee of where you will be. Um, Peter even had a wife that he had to leave behind. Could you do it? Right? It's something to think about. Like the disciples left everything. They were two of them. Were, no, four of them were fishing. Peter, James, John, and... I don't know. There were two sons of Zebedee. I can't remember the other name. But they were all fishing, and Jesus goes, Hey, come follow me. In the Chosen, it actually shows the Zebedee's dad. He, like, is all excited, because he's like, Hey, my kids want to follow a rabbi. That's a big deal in Jewish culture. To be called to be following a rabbi, that's a big, big deal. And so, these disciples that we, you know, is it safe to say that we kind of put them on a pedestal? Being like, oh, those were the twelve. You know, they walked with Jesus all the time. They were just like me and you. The only difference is, is they had Jesus right beside them. They still had struggles. They still had all of the junk that they had to go through. But yet, all they had was Jesus beside them. now, just like in Stranger Things, they have this friend with them all the time. Okay? So three years, they just keep going and going. They go around, see Jesus perform miracles and signs and wonders. Like one time, a, a coin showed up in a fish's mouth and they were able to pay their entire taxes with it. Like just crazy stuff. A whole entire boat was flooding because of fish which was a big deal back then. Uh, a person with a withered hand, Jesus healed it in the temple. Are you guys alive? You guys all right? Okay. Yes, ma'am. 
Oh yeah, there you Jesus and his boys got kicked out a lot. <laughs> um, so they they spent time with Jesus three to three and a half, two and a half to three to three and a half years. They spent every day, day in, day out, around Jesus, around the twelve. They had community. They were growing. They were getting closer to Jesus. They were not born again yet. Let that mess with with your theology. They were not born again because Jesus didn't die yet. So they couldn't be. So they were still messed up. That's why Peter could say, Oh no, you are the Christ! And then completely deny him three days later. Where am I going with this? They spend all this time with Jesus. And then in John 14, this is where I wanted to get to. Jesus tells them that he is leaving. Now, if your best friend that you spent three years every single day in and out, you spent every day with them, said they're leaving, would you feel abandoned? Yeah! Most of us have friends that we grew up with since kindergarten. Right? I have a friend that actually two friends that I was extremely close with. Ever since I got married, I haven't talked to him at all. I don't know why. It's not because I haven't tried. It's all on their end. So it hurts, right? It's like, why? Why, 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 are you, why did you go? Why, why did you stop texting me? Why did you stop talking to me? I thought we were best friends. Like I was in your wedding. For crying out loud, Right? You guys are too young to be in anybody's wedding right now. But, um, but this is what Jesus says. He says, in verse 1, and I'm just going to start reading, because this, this is going to get good. It says, He says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? What is he talking about? Going back to heaven, right? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. <laughs> Thomas said, No, we don't, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That statement alone is very inclusive. Exclusive? Inclusive. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you you do know him, for you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. Didn't Jesus just say... Never mind. Um, and we will be satisfied. Sometimes you just got to read the text and just laugh. Because yeah. so many times, like, the disciples were like, uh, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, you can, put that, you can put that inflection in the Bible. It's okay. It's, it makes it fun. All right. 
Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Three years in and out, you don't know who I am? You kidding me? It says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I don't know about you guys. How do I say this? If you guys have grown up without a dad, or your dad is maybe not the ideal dad that you thought that you would have in your life, I know I might be hitting some strings, but that's okay. Jesus said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I feel very strong to say this. Don't put your dad's mistakes on God. God is not your dad, not your earthly dad. He's better than that. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you want to know what a real father looks like, look at Jesus. Okay? I fail every day, trust me. I am not the, <laughs> I am not the best dad on the earth, but I'm trying. By Holy Spirit's power, I'm trying. But like I said, don't put your dad's mistakes on God. Look at Jesus and make your view of God as Father like Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Blah, 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 blah. This is where I wanted to get. To verse 15. Wait. Let me, let me not skip our text here. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. If I was the disciples, I would be like, how can I do what you did? You are God. I am not. Right? Does that, does that kind of reverberate in your head? Like, God, you, Jesus, you've called me to do this stuff, but how am I supposed to do it when you're not here? Right? He says, If you love me, obey my commandments. Now, that is not, if you love me, you'll do what I say. That's not what that is. He says, if you love me, if you have a relationship with me, if you come after me and you fall in love with me, you'll obey my commandments. You'll have no problem doing it because it's for love, not because of duty. Yes? He doesn't want you not to sin just because. 
most of the time, like she's saying, like the Ten Commandments, you can read them as law. Or you can read the heart behind it. Have no other gods before me because I want to be your only. Don't steal stuff because I'm your provider. Right? <laughs> Don't commit murder because I'm life. There's a heart behind every single one of them. And it's his. So that's good. All right. Now we get to the payoff. All right, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another. Everybody say another. Advocate. Counselor. Standby. That's all included in that word. Who will never leave you. He is the boogeyman. That's not in your Bible? He is... A human. No, that's not your Bible either. It's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Alright, I'm going to jump to John 16 and then we'll take off. Alright, it says... In John 16, 5. But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, I'll send him to you. Now, guys, all that being read, Jesus was leaving so that he could... Well, he died, he rose again, and then he was leaving so that he could send Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's best for you and me that he goes. Why is that, Jesus? Because he was in human flesh. Can you be in everywhere at once in your flesh? No. Ryan is present right here. So if you want to get to Ryan... You have to come to New Life Church in the New Life Youth Sanctuary, whatever you want to call this, in front of all y'all, and talk to me. Now, how many Christians are there in the world? Billions, right? So, there was this one guy who did a study who said that if, if every Christian ever created wanted to come and talk to Jesus one time, They'd have to fly to Tel Aviv, get on a camel, because that's how they traveled back then, travel thousands of, not thousands, but hundreds of miles to Jerusalem and find Jesus, and they might not even get to him within a certain time period, and they would only have about 30 seconds to talk to him because we have a short lifespan, right? Could you spell out your life story in about 30 seconds to Jesus? One time, your entire, maybe 90 years of life? No. I need them every second of every single day. I don't know about y'all, but I need them. Desperately. Ask my wife. I need them. All right? Now, what he says in John 14 is he says, I, the Father will send another comforter. That word another means one just like. There's two words that could be used here. 
It could mean one of a different kind. Or, yeah, give me, give me the same but of a different kind, like a different sandwich. Or give me the same sandwich that I just had. That's the verbiage here. Give me another Jesus, just like Jesus, if that makes any sense. So Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. Now where does he live? Sam's got it. He lives in you. So the another advocate, the another one who is just like Jesus, he's actually the spirit of Jesus, lives on the inside of us. So can we do these greater things? Yes. Because who lives in you? Jesus. Now it's up to you whether you want to believe that or not. Walking through your high school and somebody's got a broken leg, what are you going to do? Walk away? When you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you? What would happen if you actually prayed for them? Maybe they'd get healed. Maybe they'd actually give their life to Jesus because the power of God just hit them. Right? He said that we could do it. Right? But here's the thing. We need to depend upon the one on the inside of us. And we don't like to do that because we like to do stuff by ourselves. I got this. I got this, Jesus. I can brace a dead person. Sure. You said I could. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> right? But yet the world wants it. Speaking of hocus pocus, your friends want the supernatural. That's why we like things like Stranger Things, because it brings us into the story. That's why your friends are into Wicca and witchcraft and yoga and Ouija boards. You think I'm playing? Your friends are going to hell in a handbasket, guys. And we have the answer. My co-workers at work, they're going to hell in a handbasket. Guess what? Jesus sent me into that pharmacy for a reason. And all my co-workers know. For whatever reason. Don't swear around Ryan. Because he's a pastor. I let him fly. Whatever. Go for it. Be you. Because you're going to do it anyway. But I show him Jesus. And if they have a need, I step in and I pray. I speak life into them. Every single day. And they know that they could come to me. Right? So we have... What time is it? 8.22. We have the Spirit of Jesus on the inside of us, guys. You guys are probably sick of me saying this. I don't care. We can never hear it enough. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives where? In you. It makes me want to run around this room. So I don't know where you guys are tonight. I don't even know truly where to go. I just really want you guys to think about 
what Jesus said in this verse. Now, yes, will it be scary? 100%. You know? Honestly, I'm waiting for the day where a demon manifests in front of me. It'll happen. Not for the sheer fact of me being like, oh, I get to do something. No, it's because I want them to be free. If somebody's manifesting, you better believe that Jesus wants them free. He doesn't want them to just flail all over the ground and be stuck in sin all, all their life. He doesn't want them to have demons, and he doesn't want anybody to go anywhere. He has sent us to be his messengers, his body. And just like, here's a good example. Jesus is the head, I'm the body. So what happens when I touch Zach? Jesus' arm just touched Zach. Why? Because the spirit of Jesus lives on the inside of me. Does that make sense? It's not weird. He's literally saying, I'm your head, you're my body. So do something with my body. So many times we're like, why won't God heal me? It's because the body's not moving. What if we as the body of Christ went into our high schools, started talking to people, started using God's mouth? Hey, Jesus loves you. Yeah, they might snicker at you. Oh, well, whatever. You won't see him in about five years. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Right? At least we're not in Pakistan where they're getting their limbs hacked off or killed for their faith. For the Chinese church, they have to go underground. Like, we are in the most amazing country on the face of the planet. Yeah, it's going darker and darker, but who cares? Where it gets darker, the light shines brighter. Just start staring at the light. It'll shine brighter. <laughs> okay, I'm just rambling now. So guys, this series, we're going to talk about moving in the power of Holy Spirit. But most of all, I wanted to show you tonight that as ordinary teenagers, yeah, we can't do anything. You know, we're, to, we're, we're told in the world, oh, you can change the world. Can you? By yourself? Maybe if you write a hit song, you know, turn down for what? You get paid to make a song that has one line in it and you get thousands of dollars. Millions, yeah. I mean, maybe you could change the world singing turn down for what, but why not turn up for what? Turn up for Jesus. See what happens in your high school. See what happens in your middle school. See what happens in your home. When you do it faithfully, he's going to show up. You're not alone. Never were. So just know, as, as a youth group, like... <laughs> This is, this is God's, this is Jesus' thing, you know. He wants us to know that we are filled with his spirit. And more than anything, I want you guys to know that you can have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Now, how do you do that? You look in the Bible and you look at Jesus. Because he's the spirit of Jesus, right? 
He's just like Jesus. He's the another advocate. So he's gracious, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in unfailing love and faithfulness. And when you begin to really know Holy Spirit and walk with him, he'll speak to you.